0: this is America's webradio.com the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: You're listening to America's web radio
0: And now time for the classic car show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. And we want to welcome everybody to America's Web Radio. We've got a heck of a show for you today. It's coming from Birmingham, Alabama. We're interviewing the Barber Museum. As a matter of fact, I'm going to turn it over to Steve and Jim, and Lee's on the line from Birmingham, so you guys have fun.
2: Uh, Lee, Steve Rinaldo, how you doing? I'm doing well, and you? Well, okay. Um, I've been to to uh, your museum several times on antique car tours that have been based in that area. Uh, tell us a, just a little bit about the history of the Barber Museum and and stuff.
1: All right. Well, uh, it was founded by a man named George Barber. Uh, he's been involved with sports cars and motorcycles most of his life. He actually raced Porsches as a young man. He's uh, in the 70s now and still very active and. sports cars and doesn't ride bikes quite so much at 73 but uh uh, loves car anything mechanical and so uh he started the collection as a private collection 25 28 years ago Uh, i came on board about 20 years ago uh uh, started off doing cars uh got into bikes and uh, really liked the bikes uh, a lot because um you could see most of the mechanicals on the bikes that we were collecting at the time and he's a gearhead and he used to work on his own Porsche 904 and his Carrera stuff, you know, build a little four cam motor. So he definitely could appreciate the um, engineering involved. So got into the bikes because they weren't those ones we were first buying were all covered in plastic, you know. And of course now they are nowadays. But uh, so I got it started, and so 20 years ago when I started here, we had 325 motorcycles and about 20 cars. Uh, now we have 1415, 1415 motorcycles and about 90 cars. <laughs> um, and we uh, going strong. We moved to our new location about ten years ago, over uh, ten or eleven years ago, because we outgrew the one downtown and really ratcheted up a notch when we came to this building, which I'm, I'm sure you've seen. And, sure, and it's a beautiful place. Definitely a garage yeah. mahal.
2: <laughs> yeah. When did the racetrack part open?
1: Uh, about the same time when we were downtown in one of his industrial uh, buildings. Uh, the original concept was to build a a little test track and a museum, so we could. Uh, uh, we could test the stuff we restore. We, we pride ourselves and we do most of the restorations in-house and everything is mechanically and cosmetically restored. So having a test track adjacent to it was a great uh, uh, idea. Uh, it morphed into uh, more than just a test track, obviously. You know, we have indie car races and everything else. But uh, it's a for-profit subsidiary of the 501c3 that uh, the museum is organized as.
2: It's a, it's, a, it's a really nice track. We were there for some of the uh, SECA stuff. I have some friends that still run SECA and, and uh, uh, we, were, we went over there, and it is a beautiful track. Look, it, and you can see a lot from everywhere, so it's a nice road course.
1: Yep. I was involved early on in the design of the track with Alan Wilson. Uh, I mean, of course Mr. Barber had a heavy hand in it too, but one of uh the, the geography helped to the, the viewing angles obviously because we have some rolling countryside and we and we couldn't move three million cubic yards of dirt, so we kept it in between uh you know, two of the, the little hills so it makes it where you can sit up on the hillsides and, and see half to three quarters of the track in mm-hmm. a lot of places. You know, when I was a kid who went to Road in Atlanta, it was a favorite track and you know, most most road courses that aren't built in an oval you can only see one or two turns. With luck.
2: So, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, with luck. So,
1: yeah. yeah, so we were really happy that it was able to do that. Makes it kind of compact, but it definitely makes it. User yeah, it's friendly.
2: a tight, it's a tight track. I, yeah, well,
1: it's it's a, it's forty feet feet wide, and and uh, you know, which was the current at the time was the same width as the Malaysia, the first the, the current Formula One track. So it, it that helps straighten out some of the turns. But Mr. Barber raced little little Porsches. He liked technical tracks, you know. So he wants you to come back, challenged, and have to come again, and again, and again.
3: Hey mm-hmm. Lee, it's Jim. Uh, what's the actual length of the track? Okay.
1: And what's the lap record now? Ooh, you had to ask me that. I'm an old guy. Uh, I think the Indy cars are a little over a minute, like a minute seven maybe, I believe a minute six.
3: What about the Daytona prototypes and the LM cars?
1: Uh, Well, we haven't had the the LM's here yet. We have Daytona prototypes. I think they're about four or five seconds behind that, if I I remember right.
3: All right. I uh, also want to compliment you on the beautiful design of the museum. And I hope our listeners find a way to get to your museum. It is very unique. It's uh, reminiscent of the uh, Mercedes Museum in a lot of ways, only they have more cars and you have more bikes. But the way it's laid out, you can see so much. Let's talk about your restoration shop downstairs. Uh, You've got just about everything down there, I think, except the CNC machine, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Oh no, we have those too. You do. No, we okay. have those too. We uh, I manage the restoration department. <laughs> Excuse me, and uh, we we pride ourselves, like I say, of doing the restoration as much as we can in house. Uh, so we have uh, on the on the machine shop side, we have the you know the, the equipment set up for doing engine work, you know the boring bars and all right, the right. hons and the rods machines. And but we also have uh, some CNC mills and lathes presi- provided by a Haas machine.
3: Well, those yeah. you are hiding then somewhere. I'm I, sorry? Them. You, I think you're hiding them somewhere, or I missed them.
1: Well, they, they change them out every six months. Oh, so you, you may have been one of the cycles when, okay. when they we, they keep brand new ones in here. So you may have wow. been one of those cycles when they were being swapped out.
3: Oh, that's great. Now, you've built some Lotus, what, Mark 8 or 9 replicas, if I'm not mistaken?
1: Uh, no, we're, we're working on We have an, an 8, a 9, and two 10s. Okay. Uh, and we re, we're restoring currently We just to finish one of the 10s. And we're starting on the second 10. Uh, uh, You say, why have two of the same cars? Well, they're actually uh, configured pretty different in the day. One of them came with an AC Bristol motor in it, and the other one originally originally raced the Targa Florio with a Connaught engine in it. So we're currently working on the one with the Connaught.
3: Yeah. Okay, that was a very unique car in itself. That's oh, yeah. a 4 solar twin cam, if I remember rightly. Yeah,
1: twin underhead cam. Underhead Both cams cam. are in the block. <laughs> yes, yeah. That's
3: odd. <laughs> yeah, it's very unique, and yeah. it had four SU carburetors, didn't it?
1: Uh, this one, I think, did. Uh, we're, we're, we haven't gotten that far yet. We've uh, we've stripped the frame, and, and it, it, when we got it, it had a Bristol motor in it because the Bristol was a little more user-friendly. But right. when we bought it, we knew the history, and we, we found a Connaught. So we're we're just in the process of getting the frame stripped uh, and starting to look at the motor mounts and recon- reconfiguring it for the Connaught.
3: And then I think you replicated Colin Chapman's original trials car, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, we actually bought that at an auction. Uh, The the, the original Mark I uh, was lost, and and, uh, I was at an auction when we were in Brighton when we bought the the 102B and the 102D. And that was added to the auction. It was a hell of a deal, so uh, it was kind of cool to have a a replica of the very first car. And then at that time, we had the the 109s, the last uh, of Formula One racing Lotus. And you know, of course, before the teams came back, and neat to see the transition from a buggy to a rocket ship.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, Tell us, kind of go through the other cars you have. I noticed George has a real strong focus on the Lotus cars, but you've got other cars there, too.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the, the I guess one of the, the big ones would, would be the John Surtees' championship uh, F-158 Ferrari. Okay. Uh, we are big Surtees fans because, you know, you know, as you know, he's the only man to have won the world championship in motorcycles and cars. Right, right. Uh, and we have one of his Envy Augusta's. That he used in the in 1956 to win the World Championship, and then the uh, the Ferrari we got was one of the two that he used in the day, uh, and it scored more points uh, than any other car, so we're proud to have it. Right now, John has has the car over in England, and we're getting ready to go to Goodwood with it and do the, the Festival of Speed.
3: Oh, that's neat. Now, do you have one of his Lola T-70s also?
1: No, we have we have a, a replica. We 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 were playing with going to be Mr. Barber's next track car and to do to take uh, you know clients and stuff out. But uh, we we had an opportunity to buy the uh, the T seventy and we missed it. Ah,
3: okay. And what other uh, besides the Ferraris and and the Lotus? I think you've got some other British cars, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Well, we have we have one of some of the cars that John made. You know, he was a, a manufacturer. Right. We have his the uh, Type Twenty, they call it, uh, was one of the last uh, Formula One cars he made, nineteen seventy eight, with a Cosworth. Right. And we have a nineteen a TS nineteen a TS fifteen and seventeen tub. Okay. So we've got those. Which in the in the, the twenty, it's called a twenty plus, is on display uh, right across from where his Ferrari normally sits. But which, of course, is Ferrari's in in England right now. Right. And. But we have that and we have a um uh we have a smattering of other stuff. We've got uh, um uh, we just I guess one of the most recent ones we bought was a double bubble at A-Bars.
3: Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And
1: and that goes back to Mr. Barber. Excuse me. <clears throat> Mr. Barber, uh, when he raced his Porsches in the day, he, he was racing the small-bore racers, and so he remembers a lot of the cars that he raced against, and, and the, you know, the double bubble was out there when in his class, but he always liked those, and, and so we, we've got some of those. We've uh, got uh, some street cars, you know, not a not whole lot of street cars. Uh, but a few of those, and uh, just a little everything. Tell you the
2: truth. Any any old cars, or, or mostly newer, newer. No,
1: cars? I mean we we don't we don't go back pre-war. Uh, you know, but on the bike side we do, but the car side we we've got fifty-two racing Lotuses, and uh, you know the museum was just inducted into the uh, as the largest motorcycle collection by the. Um, Book uh, Guinness Book of World Records, and we're looking to see about if we're the largest Lotus race car collection, and I think we're going to be there.
3: Yeah, you probably. Sure, sounds like it. Yeah, the second biggest (laughs) is probably the Chapman Family Trust.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, Clive Chapman, uh, he's got a few.
3: Yes, he does. Um, Let's talk about the bikes now. At one time, I think most of the bikes in the motorcycle display at the Guggenheim Museum came from your museum. Correct.
1: We were the largest contributor to that. I think we, we actually uh, came home with more than we took. Now, we didn't take any. We just bought some. Oh, oh, you bought them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't back the truck up and decide we wanted a few. Uh, we were we, we, we had we had about, I think it was, don't quote me, 15 or 17 to begin with. It came back with 18 or 19.
3: Wow. That's great. Yeah. yeah I, a couple that I... Lust after there, you've got the Abraff Superior, and you've got a Scott Flying Squirrel, if I remember
1: rightly. Yep, yep. yep which are yep. two
3: very, very rare bikes.
1: Yes, yes. We took a little of everything up there, and uh, uh, you know, people people enjoy some of the you know that, that early stuff. Some some enjoy the modern stuff. So we have a little something for everybody.
2: What's the oldest motorcycle?
1: Oh gosh, you have to ask that. I remember, I'm the car guy here. Uh, we've got a replica you know, of, of a Roper you know which was uh, uh, you know the steam powered american car with this which is supposedly there's a big argument well, was it the first one or was the mercedes thing the first one um, and then we have a 1904 Shaw and Erie and I think they've gotten something earlier since that just Jeff Ray's department the the bike collection he really knows those early ones too
3: is he in today can you lasso him for a minute no
1: he's he's actually coming back from a trip he went out to to buy a a, a, a case for an ace that uh-huh. we're restoring, so he's he's in transit. Okay, all right. And are
3: you actively seeking more cars at this time too? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We uh, like I said, we we've got the the easy low hanging fruit on, on on a lot of lotuses. The so uh, there's some there's some some out there that, that aren't quite so uh, um, large numbers. And we're only really interested in the race cars and not the not the the street cars. So I'm looking. You know, we've uh, I've got a uh, an early seven. I'm looking at. We, we have a series two seven. Okay. But, uh, there's a series one seven that I'm looking at, and then uh, uh have one coming in the container should be here Monday that we bought. It's a show model of the type one twenty five, which was Lotus's customer single seater they made right. track car. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a good deal on it, so we'll have it on display here too.
3: I bet you know Arnie Johnson over here. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Arnie's fabulous man. Isn't, isn't he's he a great beautiful. guy?
3: Yeah, he's he's yeah. the best. Yeah, um, he do you? Get into any of what do I want to call them? Um, I don't want to say hybrids, but uh, and I don't mean hybrid in today's, but I meant hybrid years ago, <laughs> knockoff sevens, because there's so many sevens like Westfields and uh, Caterhams and-, and, uh, and Donkervorts and things like that.
1: Yeah, I can appreciate them. Um, we got our first seven. It's actually one that won the runoffs at Road Atlanta when it was like 14 years old. Robertson's car. Yeah, uh, we bought it, found it in Montgomery. You know, it's you know, we're from, from Little Old Alabama. We don't have near the sports cars that say California and New England has. So it's a lot of fun when you find you know significant car in, in a barn, believe it or not, in uh, just, just south of Montgomery. So, and that was a really interesting car for us because it you know it lived a long storied life and then came back in you know, kick butt at the uh, runoffs. I guess that the the factory T R eights or T R sevens, I remember right? Yeah.
3: Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, that was pretty neat. But we look we look for everything. Uh uh we're real careful about the replicas. I mean because you know we, we like to buy original but like you mentioned with the one, there's one not available. So yeah. we, we feel to tell the story. Um you know that's maybe important to put those and we highlight that it's a replica. We have a replica built of the of the of the two uh, the Type 2 because there's only one or two of those and we want to tell that and we're going to do uh, the, a replica of the four uh, and the original came up for sale. Beautiful. So, And there's only one of those and that's a significant car yeah. in the Lotus um. history because it was the first customer car yeah. that chapman built uh, before they were they were kind of like for him or his friends you know and it really wasn't a business <laughs> no uh, someone no. came along and ordered one and they founded lotus engineering based on that car
0: lee i gotta interrupt you we gotta take a break we'll be back with lee and steve and jim on the classic car show right after this
4: If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to JCTaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's Breaking News Industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions magazine, annual publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars and Healthcare Solutions Outlook. A free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. Did you miss a show that you really
5: wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
2: Hello, Lee, Steve, yeah. how are you doing? I'm reading the little informa- the information sheet that you sent over. Uh, and that thing, being an old car guy, I, I go real back with real old cars uh, and original stuff, is the restoration shop part of of your business i think that's pretty cool what what can you and what can you not do in at your facility
1: well we we pride ourselves on doing a whole lot um uh, we in the past have done a little more because our our fellow did our painting retired and uh and of course that's probably one of the i say the easiest things to farm out because there are a lot of commercial paint shops but on the flip side, you know, all those materials are changing, um, oh, yeah. and that's one of our challenges, especially on the bike side. Uh, like stove enamel, you know, it's full of lead; it's not available anymore.
2: <laughs> stove so, enamel? I don't know what stove enamel is.
1: Yeah, that's what they use on a lot of the, the bike frames way back when. It was a, uh, like I say, full of lead. They, they would paint it on and then bake it on, so it's almost like a, a ceramic. But uh, it has a certain look to it. But you just can't get it. So we, we, uh, we, don't, we, we obviously can't do that in-house. Uh, we, we, we actually have been using powder coating uh, when it's black, you know, because that gets that same kind of feel to it. But uh, we don't paint. Uh, we do almost all the engine work in-house. Like I said, I've got in the machine shop, I've got boring bars and honing machines and valve guide and seat machines. So we do that. Uh, we do our own TIG and MIG welding. Uh, So, you know, if if a fin's broken off on a motorcycle or, or, you know, a boss on a cylinder head on a car, we can weld or braze that up, whether it's cast iron or aluminum. Um, We have our own balancing machine, so we can balance the cranks. Uh, we can I can rework the rods. You know, of course, we have a bridge port, so we can you know, do any work to the to the combustion chambers or to the pistons. Uh, and then we have the and C- CNC machines where I've actually made a piston for an early American bike that we couldn't get a blank for to have made, you know, in California. But uh, do all that, do all the mechanical work, do all the fab work, uh, uh, you know, just everything but painting. And then we, and we of course we farm out our plating. Uh, don't don't want to get into chrome plating. We do we do a little bit of um, uh, who fake cans. Who,
2: who do you use? Graves? No, we used them for a while. Then we we're, were using Ronnie.
1: Oh, gosh, you had to ask me a name. Uh, it's up in Paducah, Kentucky. Come on, Lee. Ronnie. Uh, yeah,
2: um, I think I know the shop you mean.
1: They're Very good folks, yeah. and I'll, I'll it'll hit me in a minute, but. Uh, Names are my my downfall. <laughs> yeah,
2: because I figured being an Alabama guy, you, you probably were. We
1: did, a we did, and, and just you know, sometimes we just kind of swap around. You know, people people change, and then or you have a little issue, and you just say, well, let's try someone else. And we've been yeah, real and happy. They're always
2: so busy too, anyway. Uh, they're they're way behind stuff. Yeah. Uh, it takes a while to get stuff plated anymore. Uh, yeah, well, how, how many guys we, we have a
1: lot of nickel plating too. You know, yeah. with the pre-war stuff.
2: Sure. How many guys do you have in your restoration shop?
1: There's 5 of us and one part-time Porsche mechanic that a uh, friend of friend of ours that comes in two days a week. And who, that's
2: who's
3: that? I don't mean uh, to interrupt you, uh, no, Steve. Yeah. Who's oh, the,
1: the Porsche mechanic, a guy got him an old geezer named Billy Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. He was the
2: guy yeah. that that flew the bombers, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, I wish it was that one cuz he <laughs> might be a little, you know, Billy was a tank he was in the tank corps so <laughs> yep. tank well, corps.
3: Did he work at George's shop? downtown birmingham with george was a partiality dealer
1: way way back when for about two weeks i think oh, okay yeah. <laughs> then he founded his own shop and uh yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, and he's recently retired and sold to a nice young man but uh i've known billy for 30 years mr barber's known him for 50 years
2: cool um it was kind of just a, just it really has nothing to do with that but one of the times i was there one of the we were walking around and they opened up I don't know if you guys open up the downstairs now, the restoration shop to the public or or not. try
1: not to, because uh, it's always a distraction for me and the guys. Yes, uh, I. But we we have you know we have meeting rooms down there, so uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of issues, of course, with insurance and so liability, we, so we just can't were, yeah. have the public on its own. But we do we do close the shops and open up the basements during the big event, race weekends.
2: Yeah, and we were there for an mm-hmm. AACA tour that the Dixie Region AACA put on. Yep. And we, they, they let us go down, downstairs and there was a guy that, that uh, came over to me and I know you. I said, what? He said, yeah, I was a Honda motorcycle mechanic and you were a car training instructor back in the old days for American Honda. And I almost felt he remembered who I was. I didn't think I was that memorable. but uh, <laughs> You are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any of this stuff. Well, I think that sounds like a, a fascinating facility. And, and going back to where you are, you're on the east side of uh, Birmingham off of I-20. Yeah,
1: just about a mile off I-20. You know, the original, when we first came out here to look at the property, uh, there was a large portion of land that was available. And we were looking at just building, you know, a museum that would overlook I-20. But Mr. Barbers turned around and said, what about all that? I want to build a racetrack. So we built a park.
2: And you turn it. Turn at the Bass Pro Shop. That's the exit. The Bass Pro Shop exit.
1: Yeah, exit one forty, and then you just come. You know, you turn uh, one more turn on uh, past the Chevron, and come on down. And you can't miss our our, our sign out to the other street.
3: Tell, tell us what you've got coming up in the way of events. I know you have the vintage motorcycle event, which I go to every year. But uh, uh, cars stuff
1: well we just finished of course the indy car event right, that's one right. of our our biggest ones you yep. know uh which is great to have indy in in, in in alabama you know we we in we in birmingham always try to to, to, to catch up with atlanta and even atlanta doesn't have an indy car race so we're we're proud of that and it's done really well to help uh people think about alabama you know as, as a place to come visit uh next coming up is ama superbike race yep uh that's in a couple weeks um And and that's that's just a Saturday and Sunday event this year, but uh, it's a double weekend. And obviously with the the museum adjacent to it, we get a lot of folks in uh, from that. It's kind of like a captive crowd when we're having a race. We we get a lot of traffic in the museum. And then uh, we have the, the Vintage Bike Festival in October. Right which That'll is almost there. as big as Indy. Yep. Um, I mean, it, it pulls in, I mean, like, maybe 5,000, 10,000 less people, but, I mean, and they come from everywhere.
3: Yeah, but you've got 5,000 more bikes.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're everywhere. Really well, we just mobile. had a BMW RA rally, and they, that was their national BMW motorcycle rally, and there was, like, twelve, fifteen hundred of them, Them, and they were everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. So yeah. Uh, it's it's cool. Uh, and then we've got a lot of little small events. we got a vintage car event this n- not a spectator event. Uh, in November, but we're we're trying to revive our, our our vintage car event that we have in the May date. You know, we had the the thing with Legends and Ray Hall, and that that went away, and we're working to to get another one plugged in for 2015.
3: Oh, that's great, because that's that's really big. Uh, Indy has got a big vintage car event this weekend for the first yeah. time too so. I mean,
2: racing, racing yeah they have yeah.
3: 700 svra entries there plus the indie cars they're, they're yep. running antique indie cars roadsters and stuff
1: and, and they've talked to us too you have know, the new owners and we're going to see if we can we work something with them but we just kind of you can't do everything at once you have to kind of yeah. we, we, we take the the methodical approach
3: Well, oh, no i i i agree with you a hundred percent um the sculptures that you have around the track, tell us about
1: those. Well, Mr. B- Mr. Barber is, you know, a man of. A, he, he says collecting is a disease, and I think he's terminal.
3: Um, <laughs> oh, gee, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he is, collects all and cars.
1: Is George listening
3: uh, in this morning?
1: Is, I, is is he listening? I hope he's not. I might be fired by this. By, by no, but he says that, so I guess I can say it. Okay. Um, um, and, and I don't know if he's up this early, but uh, he will hear this broadcast. I guarantee you,
3: good, uh, good the
1: recording of it. But uh, he uh, he goes to the uh, used to go to the Miami Boat Show every year, and I think concurrent with that is the Coconut Grove Art Show. Yes,
3: it is. Yes.
1: And so he would go down there, and uh, a lot of those sculptures, you know, and, and, and you know, he's, he's an interesting fellow. You know, he just doesn't write a check all the time. And he'll see some of these sculptures down there, you know, one and two years in a row, and, and he'll, he'll like it. But if, if it's still there, he'll say, oh, I can maybe make a deal. And uh, so he's picked up a few of them that way. And then, like anything, once it starts, it's just like a snowball. It just picks up speed and keeps going.
3: Oh, that's great. Um, Not to... Go to another subject, but you mentioned Goodwood earlier. Now mm-hmm. there's two Goodwood events this year, or there always will be, yes. and you're going over for both.
1: Yeah, you- right now we're focused on the the, the hill climb, the Festival right. of Speed. We we've participated in it probably half a dozen times over the years, and it's a fabulous event. It is, and uh, we've like I said, John has the cars over there. Uh, we we sent them to him last December Uh, because this is the 50th anniversary of his world championship in Formula One. Mm -hmm. And he is doing a fundraising effort all this year for the Henry Surtees Foundation, you know, for his son that was killed racing. Oh, yes. A few years back, Mr. Barber said anything... John needs to help in that respect. Where we're, we're big fans of John and, and sure. the supporter of the foundation, so we're we're going over. I leave in two weeks from tomorrow.
2: Or from beautiful,
1: Monday.
3: beautiful. Yeah, Steve just passed out when he said fifty, 50 years. I can't
2: believe it was fifty
1: years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: well, he said he was an old car guy. I took that
1: literally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: There are a lot of old car guys around.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, we we remember when that stuff was new. That's all yeah, exactly I know. Thing, yeah. I've got
1: a '96 Carrera, and I think that's a new car you know it's almost 20 years old Uh, it is yeah yeah
3: (laughs) so so uh, all right uh going back let's talk about goodwood a little bit you have been over there with what cars besides the 158
1: ferrari actually i've been with it about three or four times because it's it's, it's got more frequent flyer miles than i have uh it's amazing uh benefit (laughs) but uh did it uh two or three times with it and then we have uh The uh uh, the Lotus sixty four Indy car that we bought, yeah, we've got the first and last Lotus that went to Indy. Yep. Uh, So we we, it was actually bought it in Liverpool and had since it was already over there. We talked to Clive and Classic Team Lotus with Bob Dance's help. The original mechanic restored the car. Beautiful. And so Wonderful. we did good with it. I drove uh, uh, lots of fun driving a four-wheel drive car on alcohol and you know, the turbo the size of a basketball on the back yeah. of it. Uh,
3: Who was that, on alcohol? You or the
1: car? Well, I was after the sun <laughs> yeah. went down. But, I that's mean, in Jimmy the morning Clark, like that, it was a car. Jimmy Clark drove?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's the one Jimmy Clark drove, isn't it? Well, we, this was actually the spare car. The spare? Okay. But,
1: yeah, but Andretti was, uh, was was in there then, and, and we let Clive restore it the way he wanted to, and he put Andretti's name on it, and we're not going to argue with it. Okay. <laughs> um, the boss
3: says we got to take a break again, so don't go away. Oh, no, sir. All right.
6: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out, and when necessary,
5: Are you into
4: classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to JCTaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs.
6: Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution.
5: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
3: Okay, Lee, we're back. Um, Let's talk some more about Goodwood. Goodwood. you mentioned uh, briefly Dan Gurney. Let's talk about him.
1: Well, yeah, as I said earlier, we have the very first Lotus that went to Indy and the last. You know, And Gurney was, was responsible for getting Lotus to Indy uh, uh, when, when he uh, was at Watkins Glen, I think, in the year before. He uh, saw the Lotus is running, and, and he got with Ford and Chapman, and they built the Lotus 29. Right. Uh, and we have one of those. so uh, and It's in, in blue and white American Racing Colors. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, and uh, we actually bought it in England, uh, but uh, we, we did a, they did a tribute to Dan ooh, two some two Septembers ago during the, the revival right, right, and they took the car over and uh, Dan was not able to drive it. John Surtees and I drove it, but uh, a lot of fun being out there and they had like like 20 of Gurney's cars doing a lap during the lunch break at the, at, the, uh, at the track. Dan dan's a good friend of mr barbers we actually have one of his gator motorcycles here to, oh, do to he evaluate has... for him he's got a new one he's prototype
3: yeah i when i lived in southern california he we had a couple of uh saturday morning groups we had one called donuts and we had another one down uh on pch at one time uh, the predecessor to the caffeine and octane that they have out there now and uh He'd always show up on the Gator, and then I'd see him up on one of the twisty roads around Lake Elsinore. Hmm? What's a Gator? A Gator is a (laughs) step-through motorcycle. Dan Gurney making them very low center of gravity. And here you see this old guy. Sort of like a Vespa. No, no, no.
1: no, (laughs) Like like a recumbent bicycle almost.
3: Yeah, yeah, like a recumbent bicycle. Yeah, Yeah, if it's like a Vespa, then you're... 1909 Maxwell is like one of the Lotus Indy cars. Really? I didn't know that.
0: Yeah,
2: it is. (laughs)
1: Well, this one's not a Vespa. This one's got like a 100 horsepower V twin motor in it, so it's fast.
2: (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, if Dan Gurney has anything to do with it, I'm sure it's fast.
1: Yep. Yeah, he's uh, a wonderful man. That
3: That's neat. Well, and his son's a great driver now. Oh, that's, yeah. The amazing. He's, first time
1: he came here to the Daytona prototype race, you know, they needed a place to work on their car. So I opened up the shops to him, you know, and he came in from, I don't know if you've been downstairs, there's a glass window. And he yes. came in, and it was bright behind him, and, he, and he's like spitting the image of Dan in the day, long and thin and blonde. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. oh, my gosh. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Well, that's that German background from his mother.
1: Yep, yep, you know, that, yep, came, yep. that
2: family came from Jamestown? The Gurney family? Yeah, they owned Gurney Ball Bearing in Jamestown that became Marlon Rockwell Corporation.
3: Wow. See, the, I bet Lee didn't know that. I did, not. Yeah, his did fa- not. yeah,
2: from Jamestown, New York, where I grew up. The Gurney yeah. family, still, there's still a few of them there. Wow. They're a
1: wonderful family.
2: Yeah, nice guys. Yeah. Um, would, I, a couple things just off the, the top of my head, this is nothing to do, I, there's a, that I would like to, to consider. Would you consider hosting an AACA national meet on your grounds?
1: Well, what we're trying to do, that, that, that's one of the things I, uh, John Viviani and I have been doing, is during this vintage car event, we want to build it in, in, um, in May. We've been going around because we, we want a, a, a swap meet component to it. And a lot of times, getting a, a, a club like, like yourself, them to help with that is, is a way to really get off the ground. and makes another attraction. So, yeah, that would be would be a really because during our motorcycle event, we have the AMCA here.
2: Yes, I'm. I'm going to to have a guy get a hold of you. And now that I've got some contact information. Uh, from the Dixie region and and, uh, an AACA meet we get usually four you know four or five hundred antique cars and uh, you can do a swap meet if you want that's Mm -hmm. also part of it and this is a national meet so it's a it's a pretty not on the level of Pebble Beach or Amelia Island but it's a pretty prestigious event
1: look good on our green you know the design concept on the track was the augusta racetrack so it's a great place to have car shows and concours and swap meets yes yeah.
3: yes yes and, and i agree and you i think you've achieved that it's as pretty as augusta the uh, uh i grew up around road america so oh yeah beautiful. i really yeah. admire your track too um a couple of things let's go back to to goodwood again sure um the the Surtees vehicles, and I'm not sure which TS number it is, but there was a Formula Five Thousand. Do you have one of those?
1: Uh, no, I've uh, we have, the only Formula Five Thousand has a Lotus Seventy, but okay. uh, I've looked at one and gotten pretty close on them. But they're they were that's where men were men. You know those
2: cars are, are
1: amazing.
3: Uh, I, I know. Uh, I had a friend named Fred Stout in St. Louis that had one, and all I can tell I don't you
2: know what Formula Five Thousand is. Well, that
3: was Chevy V8s in Formula cars. That they tried here in that the was U.S. An America,
2: yeah, American was, thing.
3: Yeah, and then they then they enclosed the wheels on them.
2: Well, there's
1: Formula A here and Formula Five Thousand in Europe. wasn't I remember? Right? Yeah,
3: I think that's. And they shut yeah. it
1: down because the the, the stop block cars were quicker than the Formula One cars <laughs> yeah. in Europe, and the Formula One guys didn't like that.
3: No, <laughs> no, no, no. You, you go to get an old Chevy V8 out of a school bus when the block seasoned and <laughs> crank it up with a. Hillborne injection and off you'd go and they went But they boy were, open were they open wheel cars open wheel and they were scary oh, it yeah, was like yeah. running a double a fuel dragster yeah.
1: well that's yeah. when they had wings too you know that they were just learning how to use ground effects yeah. and sometimes not not correctly
3: <laughs> yes exactly um oh gosh i lost my whole train of thought steve picked so pick the Formula 5000, yeah, cars yeah, and the yeah okay. okay yeah all right now the evolution of all the Surtees, they started out with John was racing Can-Am, mm-hmm. and then after Can-Am, can you give us a little background into the involvement of Team Surtees and, and their TS cars?
1: Well, like a lot of of, of, of fantastic racers, you know, he, he in the day, he thought he could be a constructor, too, and, you know, there's the TS-5s and 7s, you know, he's, he's always... I think it was pretty much open-wheel cars, from what I I remember. Uh, But he did, you know, some junior cars, uh, you know, or or it wasn't junior. It was like F2 or F3. But right. uh, Right. Went with a lot of manufacturers. Had to go where the money was. Yes, and uh, but really, his, his ultimate goal was the Formula One cars and in uh, uh, the Formula Five Thousand, and uh, built some fantastic cars. You know, John has it's, it's in my mind it's it's a benefit and, and, and a, and a hindrance to be a good mechanical guy because you know you want to take care of the car, whereas as a driver you want to thrash it. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he he built some good cars and it, some of the early ground effect cars.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, s- speaking of cars without ground effects, uh, I think you've got a Lotus 30 there, don't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, y- and you know the story about the 40, don't you? Oh yeah,
1: it's a 30 with 10 more mistakes. Right. Thank you, boy. You, <laughs> you, you, you're a good lead-in. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah we. Well, yeah. that, that was fun. That, that was actually a local car at one time. Getting back to Alabama, you know, uh, to find something like that that had had a history in Alabama. Was 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 fun. I actually bought it at the auction in Monterey, but oh, a local guy, David Whitesides, had owned it for yes, a while, and, and yeah. uh, got to go with him and preview the car uh, in Monterey when we bought it. Have you driven it? Oh yeah, uh, took it to Road Atlanta to the Lotus Owners Gathering. Gosh, I was there. Years ago.
3: Yeah, I was there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Pete Lovely jumped in the car with me, and, and I kind of who Pete was. But it's like, yeah. oh, it's kind of daunting to be driving this car with Pete for, <laughs> yeah. for a picture around back. But uh, uh, we we just kind of you know. Uh, just demonstrate it. We don't yeah. we don't put any speed to it, because yeah. Mr. Barber raced against him, and he said, you just get behind them and sooner or later, they were going to go off track, because you know, the frame was that backbone thing. It would wind up and spin off. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And Jimmy I, Clark was the only one that could, and he won a race with one, but he's probably the only person that could win with one of those. Beautiful car. I mean, he was trying to get the GT40 project when Chapman designed that, but uh didn't work. Wow. that
3: That's amazing.
1: Um, yeah, I
3: remember there was one that... Uh ran in the midwest when i was growing up a guy named bob shaw ran it and i i think it scared him to death
1: <laughs> and, uh, yeah it, well ours ours is a series two and by the time it came along they kind of moved on but uh, ours was one of the last ones sold so they were pulling all the stuff off the parts bins and it has like series one really small disc brakes on it series yeah. one wheels but you know that's kind of the story you know i mean yeah. you know you can't have it all successful some of the some of the mistakes are important too
3: yeah. oh I, I agree with you hundred percent on that and it's like if if you look at the evolution of the seven and well, it actually started out as a six, I guess yep. wouldn't you say and, and refined itself and then you had a couple of seven and a halfs I think they were called that were they yeah. were the formula cars primarily and uh, the way that whole series evolved and of course you see a seven today, that races in vintage, and man, it is nothing like a 7 that came out of the factory.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, I think at one time they said they were being replicas made in seven countries. Yes. I mean, that's, that's amazing, and they still make them. I mean, they're making them up Huntsville, Alabama. a South
2: American one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have a book on seven replicas, and uh, it, it's just phenomenal. Uh, a friend of mine had one and I had the privilege of autocrossing the thing and they had just gone to a junkyard I think it had, had opal hubs and things on it
2: and uh, And you could pick up a lot of girls in one of those cars. You could <laughs> I thought you could only pick up <laughs> one girl. I mean, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, one at a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were cool, though. That's yeah, a cool car. Yeah. I wanted one, but you wouldn't let me buy that one. <laughs>
1: right. Road Atlanta, you know, they kicked, they kicked butt for years and finally oh. bumped them up to different classes, you know, I yeah. guess, because they wouldn't they wouldn't keep beating all the expensive, you know, little Europe, other European cars. But yeah. amazing yeah. chassis. You know, the, the chassis only weighs like 60 pounds.
3: Yes, yes, yeah. And... Uh, uh, we have to get together. Have you seen the book of all the lotus seven replicas?
1: I have it's been a while but I know of yeah. them and I have not okay. had a chance to look at one closely lately. Yeah,
3: okay. I just I just wondered if you'd seen the book cuz
1: uh, Oh, the book. I, I said yeah. Yeah, there the is book, a yeah. book and yeah, my problem
3: is anymore I can't fit in one. I used to, but I was about uh, 21 years old when I yeah, You've got have skinny hips. Yeah, when I worked I worked for a dealer that had, we had Super Sevens, but and they were early. They were thirteen forties. They weren't fifteen hundreds. And we yeah. had uh, Seven Americas with a Sprite motor. And man, wow. you got in one of those things with a top up, and you had no idea where you were going or what you were looking <laughs> at. Why would yeah. you want
2: the top up?
3: Uh, I had no choice. It came with the top up, and no heater, right? <laughs> and no heater. Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> no radio. At least it was left-hand drive. British cars didn't have heaters until nineteen sixty
1: that's the, right
3: they were uh, sports cars my uh, esteemed colleague steve as a kid drove a tc with a kerosene heater in it yeah. with a tonneau cover <laughs> in the winter
2: but anyway yeah one of the other statements that i like on your your deal is it says in here with less than a day's notice we can get almost everything out and drive it so all of your vehicles motorcycles and cars are functional
1: I'd say ninety nine point nine percent. You know, there's some of like the Lotus one hundred nines that you know when they had the lease engine deals in Formula One. You know, we're still working on trying to get a Mugen Honda engine out of out of Honda, but that's a tall order. But yeah, I mean, practically, you know, ninety nine percent of them can be done because that's like I say, if to us, if they can't be made to run, they're just pieces of art. Yes, they need to make noise and smoke. Yeah, you you can feel it and taste it and hear it. Well,
3: cool. Yeah. Um. All right, so. For our listeners, give us a year cut off on the Lotus Formula One cars because Ayrton Senna drove for Lotus too. But you probably don't have any of those cars. I think those were Renault powered, weren't they?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Lotus—you know it went to all kinds of different engines. The last, until recently, you know, with, with the comeback of the Lotus or the licensing of the name, right? Uh, we had the what we call the last one, the 109, which is 1994.
3: Okay, that's that's what I wanted you to talk about with our listeners.
1: Yeah, 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 we've got we, we've got some, we've got a, we've got two one hundred and nines, like and I say they're, they're pretty cost effective because you'll never make them run. I mean, you can, but I mean, you have it. We've got we we've got a one hundred and two B and a one hundred and two D.
3: All right, now talk about the engines in those. Are those Mugen Hondas too?
1: No, no. Uh, going d- descending order, the one hundred and two D is a Cosworth HB. Uh, we had we bought both those cars in England, and Clive restored them. And I'm still getting the pieces together for the HB. Uh, just about got everything for it. All uh, right. Now, were those cars designed by
3: Duke-a-Rouge?
1: Um Yes, I think that year. Okay. That there's a split there somewhere, but right around the year he was. Yeah. I know he did. The, he did the 95T right. that we have.
3: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the, and then the 102B we have has a, a Judd Easy V8 in it.
3: Okay, we're going to break for a minute, so just hang on to the Judd.
1: Sure.
6: Okay. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out, and when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a non-profit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you.
4: Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to JCTaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs.
5: Today's consumers find themselves faced with a greater variety of choices than ever before, both in the food they eat and the information they receive about that food. Feedstuffs Foodlink was created to provide you with a balanced source of information for making decisions about your family's balanced diet. Visit FeedstuffsFoodlink.com to learn about your food directly from the source, the people who work every day to provide it. FeedstuffsFoodlink.com, connecting farm to fork. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
3: Okay, Lee, we were talking about Judd V8's. You, yes, the one hundred and two B we
1: right. have has an EV V eight. Uh, okay, three and a half liters. Yep, right. six hundred and forty horsepower.
3: And it's non turbo or turbo?
1: Uh, that's, that's half the turbo area. Yeah, this it's non turbo.
3: Okay, and then let's go. Let's take another step back bef, before the one hundred
1: and two. Well, our next car down is the one hundred and one with the with the Judd uh, CV V eight. Okay. And that was actually a Nelson Piquet's car. Yes. After, the year after he won the world championship.
3: Yes. Okay.
1: And uh it's a it's it's a runner too. We haven't run it in a while, but uh uh and then we go back to the 95T, uh which is the you know the turbo era, of course. Right. Uh, yeah. With a, with a little V6 Renault and when they would turn the wick up and do one hot lap and burn up a motor but make like <laughs> 1500 horsepower yeah. for one lap.
3: <laughs> and
1: that that
3: didn't have valve springs in it, if I remember uh, right. Uh, I'm
1: not sure about that one, and I know the you know the cars HBS you know, have an air spring. Right, I'm not so sure. Right. About the, 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 going back to Renault that far.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, in that period of time, you had who drove in in those? I'm trying to remember, and I can't remember back who who was,
1: drove the cars in the day. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, go, there you start with the 109. We have a, Herbert drove one of our cars, yeah. and um, um, Z- Zanardi drove one of them. Okay. Uh, and then the the 102 B and D. Uh, Herbert there again drove the D, I believe, and the B was a Mika Hockeneng car. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course PK had the the 101. Uh, they drove. Uh, you know, there was a Sina, uh a car, you know, he he drove a, a one hundred and one, but I mean, we were offered it, and it was like three times the money. So yeah. uh, we, we're more interested in the engineering, yeah, than than the famous seat time because you know time will will reflect differently on famous drivers. For us, the engineering is, is eternal.
2: Yes. You, do uh, uh, just listening to you and Jim. I obviously you guys know a whole lot more about this kind of stuff than I do. Um, is there somebody there that if I came to visit the Barber Museum? Is there somebody there that can sort of explain some of this stuff, or is there somebody you can ask questions, or do you offer guided tours?
1: Well, we, we just got into that and got some docents uh, helping out on that, because, I mean, you know, I'm, obviously Mr. Barber and I are, are, are really well up on the collection. Uh, of 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 cars and he's he's up on the bikes t- too and I know a little bit about the bikes that I've worked on but uh, the doses will give probably a, a more of a generic tour because I mean you can't just they're just not involved in buying them and taking care of them and all that so but but, but I keep remi- getting reminded that I got to get some restorations done so. yes. <laughs> so, so yes I can't stop all the time but yeah if somebody you know a so press comes in and somebody will do a t- tour for them.
2: Okay, but it's, you do have people there that you can ask questions about sure, as, you, sure. as you as you uh, uh, come in. The other question I have is: How much will it cost me to come over and drive a Formula One car on your track? What will you charge me to do that?
1: Uh, I don't know how big's a checkbook.
2: <laughs> Pretty small. <laughs> well,
1: I, you can you can get a little tiny Formula One car and maybe
2: drive. I said, I've always when I worked for American Honda and they had the white car, the the second generation. For me yeah. they used to go to the Honda Training Center for the Long Beach Grand Prix, and I tried to talk him into letting me take a a lap in one and how'd that he, work out uh not too well, but he <laughs> said you can sit in it and I got in this thing and they put the top down on top of you so you could never get out of this thing
1: oh that's a nice case of fire
2: yeah yeah they, yeah they you got in and they put the top uh, the top of the car over on you and I thought that was that's that's like you said that's pretty scary.
1: Well, we don't let a whole lot of people drive the cars. It's really tough that I, I'm one of the ones that get to drive them, and, which is a lot of fun. Uh, and Of course, Surtees we drive, uh, and we, they just announced at Goodwood that Kimi is going to drive one of our cars. We have we have Surtees' original Formula 1 Ferrari, and then we built a exact replica, and Kimi is going to drive the, the white and blue car because it raced under NART colors here in the U.S.
2: Is that one of the Ferraris with the open front end that had sort of that funny looking front end with the? You mean the nostril? So, yeah, oh, the nostril car. Yeah, the nostril car.
1: This is the year after. This is nineteen sixty
2: four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That so was you, a Phil Hill car. The nostril car. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, you yeah. actually replicated the one fifty eight. We we had it done. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Uh, we, we say replica. You know, a lot of time, when, if you know, when someone restores a car, there's not much left of the original car.
3: Right. Correct. So
1: when we restored the original 158, which was amazing, see even got the original fiberglass uh, body cover. Right. Uh, but we, we made new patterns for the uprights and the wheels because, you know, they were magnesium. And we sure. put those up on the shelf and we made aluminum patterns. So, And then John had a spare motor. So we we, had, we got a visit from a Formula One guy who said, well, we want to see the Ferrari. And we said, well, it's in Italy. And he said, what color did you paint it? We said, well, red, of course. He said, well, that is the only factory Formula One Ferrari to ever race in any color other than red. Yes, for really? two races, Watkins Glen yes. in Mexico, when, when yeah. Ferrari was upset with the FIA under NARC color. So yeah. we kind of thought, well, we need to, we need to think about that. We already had a lot of money invested in some of the parts, and we got an original engine and transmission. So we got it all done, and I got an original, I got an original uh, steering wheel from John. We said, this is as original as any, <laughs> any restoration, wow. but we are very forthright in, in saying, you know, what it is. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, The chassis was the was one we had made, exact replica.
3: Beautiful. Exact. Well, that that's wonderful, and I, I wanted you to explain that because, of course, Today 62 of the original 59 D types exist and, and 15 of the original 12 McLaren Mark 6 Bs. Well, it's and- like all oh,
2: yeah. of the you know there was uh, all 30 57 fuel injected Corvettes. I think there was 30 or 40. Yeah. And all and all 200 of them showed up at the last Corvette Right,
1: so. yeah. So. So, and Lola T-70s are a great example of that. When you get done, you know they had so much trouble with rot in the tub. Yes. And, and the magnesium wheels and the uprights. And, of course, the motors all got blown up. The, really, a chassis plate's all. It's original when you're done.
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, but today you can get a Lola T-70 Mark III Coupe
1: a brand new one. Well, I think that I think they they were doing that. I think the company just went out of business again. Oh, did I'm, they? I'm not sure okay. where they're going to go. But you can get yeah. replicas, you know, they're very authentic. You're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and
3: and then they're they're building knobblies again, and and they're doing what con- they call them continuation cars. So. Yes, yes. And well, I mean,
1: you know, of course, like Shelby you know did for a while there.
3: Well, yeah. and Jaguar is doing that with the lightweight E Type. Yep, they're yep. building yep. six more of those.
1: Well, yeah. everything's everything's three or four million dollars. You See, know, like a D type. There was yeah. a D type in Birmingham. I could have bought as a kid for four grand. You know. Now what is that? Two million, three million dollars.
3: I sold my four twenty seven Cobra for eighty five hundred bucks.
2: <laughs> do, do you have any street cars in your collection? That's a few, uh,
1: mainly because the early por- early forces, the early Lotuses, you know, were, were Le Mans cars. Yes. So they had to be street legal. We got right. an eleven. Oh, you, you have know, an 11? Is, it was street legal, but not really. we uh, got uh, okay. a 14, the first Elite, which yep. is a pure street car. They made a race version, but this one was a street car. But such a beautiful, timeless design. Yes,
3: yes. Um, well, the 7s came in so many different iterations between the Lama, and you could actually get an open two-seater that you could drive. Seven or an eleven? Uh, an eleven. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We we got we got yeah. the one with the little the little, the little uh, tonne, uh, aluminum tonneau cover. But yeah, yeah, with the head with the head fairing. But yes, yeah, so we got two elevens, one in polished aluminum and one in red. And I we got our red one from Bill Warner. and It was actually a backup car at Sebring in the wow. day, so it was cool.
3: Yeah, that that sounds like fun. Uh, one of these days, Steve and I need to just kind of wander over there, and uh, if you'd let us in the place and. Take a tour, we'd like to do no, that. Yeah,
6: I, I that in, we're gonna
1: be in Asheville for the Lotus Owners Gathering in September and I don't know where, where you all located, but that's a one at
0: Biltmore. That's gonna be a great event. Hey, yes. let me ask you, uh what if we all came over oh, and, did, and if did you're a show going, from I'm there. not going. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and we did a we did a show from uh a Saturday morning show from there. Would you uh, all that'd be entertain fun. that thought? That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Like there, the AACA came, That'd be a great background for that. Or or
3: we could do it at the At the vintage motorcycle. Sure. You know, there's a lot of ways we could
1: do it. Yeah. We're finding a lot of vintage car guys are into vintage bikes. Not so much bike guys into cars, but there's a lot of crossover from the car side.
2: We just had some, I just arranged for some friends of mine to go up and see Corky's collection up at Corky Coker up in Chattanooga. Yeah, I've heard
1: about that. I've never been up there. No, it's so close, Heath. You, you think you would. Well, it's
2: not in Alabama,
1: Steve. Well, yeah, but it's yeah, just it barely. Say,
2: yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, you don't really need a passport anymore to leave. No, okay. we you joke about that. We used to tell people that, you know, yeah. Yeah, I've had to change Alabama, my money. I, I have to go over to Birmingham and go to yeah. do court cases every now and then. I have to change my money at the border. Yeah.
3: <laughs> hey, Lee, I used to live in Birmingham, actually. I, I lived in Homewood, right, right oh, yeah. next to Mountain yeah. Brook. But that you was know, back I, I in the I grew up Mount Brook,
1: and it, uh, you know, it's just a few miles down. To it, me, it's great just to drive you know, eight miles to the, the fabulous course and museum that we have. did not it? Yeah.
3: You don't have any traffic problems going to work today. No, I'm going
1: against the traffic. When everybody's coming in town. I'm coming out.
3: Now, does George pay you, or do you pay George to work Oh, there?
1: gosh, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> I've got children to feed. And, oh, okay. And one of them just graduated law school, and one of them's got... Three more months, and the gravy train will reach oh, the station. Not uh, another so,
2: lawyer. So you get a raise in a few months. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: you get a raise in a few months. Anyway, if I brought my 1909 Maxwell over there, I could do a couple hot laps. You'd let me uh, –
1: we, we wouldn't need a stopwatch. We need a calendar, wouldn't we?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A couple days. <laughs> uh, I used to do – when I ran, when I worked for, for Leyland at the training center here, and I did SCCA, we, they'd call GNH production to the grid and – and uh, people would—they all like that because they could finish their hot dog and coke by the time we completed <laughs> a lap. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, during our vintage bike event, we do the thing called the race of the century, and yes. the bikes have to be a hundred years old. Cool. Yes.
3: Now that yeah. I'd like. That oh, I—that uh, yeah, I'd like. Yeah, to Pete see. and I have seen that. Yeah, we, that he, I'd like yeah. to see. Our friend Pete's got a 1913, nineteen, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. We're not quite sure. Triumph. Yep. And uh, it's got it. Uh, I don't think it's a Bitsa. I think it's probably a factory bike that it's like they had parts left on the shelf. Yeah, with the sidecar, yeah. which is yeah. really cool. He's got a Wicker sidecar on this leaf. Oh, so neat. Yeah, it's gorgeous. He and I go over there to watch the vintage. In the race of the century... Yeah, that's usually during the lunch hour, and you you can not only do the sandwich, you can go to the restroom and look at
2: all the
1: cool, motorcycles. Cool, but that's
2: that, I'd like that. Yeah.
1: Well, our challenge is now, of course, by 1914 the bikes are getting kind of fast. You know, yes. 1908 there were bicycles with motors on them. Yes. 14 and 15 they were becoming you know, proper motorcycles. So we're having to, to and, and he, of course racers being racers, these guys are you know putting nitrous on them.
3: No. <laughs> nitrous. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> I'm teasing. Dan Hotsler, though he has to win. You know. You've seen his show, of course. Yeah. We, we accuse him of having nitrous on his because he's so fast.
3: Oh, <laughs> two minute lap. I love it. I love it. I, the thing I love watching over there and listening to are the two-strokes because those things still sound neat, and you don't, and nobody races two-strokes anymore.
1: No, no, yeah. MotoGP, you know, a lot of 250s, yeah, they were great years.
3: Yeah, beautiful stuff. Yeah. Uh. Do you have any questions for us now that we've worked you over thoroughly?
1: Oh, I don't know. Sounds like when you you say uh, bit, you've been around the English folks a lot, so you you seem to know Um, that side of it pretty well. I'm 57, so I tend to remember the cars of my youth, which would would have been 68, 69, 72, Triumphs and and Alphas and stuff. So uh, it's always interesting to hear what what would be your car of your youth. Uh, oh, gee. I,
3: let's see. I started
2: Rochester. With, yeah. Rochester. Yeah. <laughs> and I started
3: <laughs> I started with Durier in 1894. I was one of their first field service engineers up in Springfield, Massachusetts. So,
1: yeah. I was an MG, MGB.
2: Oh, Steve. Steve. I've had a bunch of Bs.
1: He's had a bunch
2: of Bs. Yeah. yeah. That's what I raced for SCCA stuff. Uh, no, I
1: like mine. It never, it never let me down. It would nickel and dime me to death, but it never let me
2: down. Yeah, well, he's got a nice
3: B right now. It's so nice he'd like to sell it. Oh, <laughs> well, it's getting, done, now. It's we're, getting we're, done. I've
2: got too many projects going on. But oh, anyway, I see. I, I see. we're getting close. I want to again uh, uh, thank you, but I want you to tell everybody uh, contact information, location, how to get there, hours, all that stuff before we leave.
1: Okay, well, the Barber Vintage Motorsports Museum, like you mentioned, is just about a mile off of I-20. If you're, you know, we're, we're west of Atlanta, just two hours, but we're on the east side of Birmingham, so it's really easy if you're coming down south and want to make a, a right turn when you hit Atlanta, come on over to see us. Uh, our, our hours during the summer, uh, six days a week, are 10 to 6, and Sunday, 12 to 6, and then in the fall and winter, we cut that back to 5 o'clock. Um, uh we uh, uh, you know it's a, it's a great place to come uh, uh, we, we will we'll come see you anytime we've got a web page of course and Robert, yeah and
0: Mary, I want to thank you for being on we've got to cut it we're at a yeah, end of yeah thanks thank you
3: thanks us. Lee
5: thank you very much okay bye you're listening to america's webradio.com the pioneer and leader